Fetish, a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. What is your fetish? Have you ever thought about it? Do you talk about it with your closest friends? Do you even celebrate it? Not too sure. Well, we have one of our experts who's one of the co-founders of an organization called Onyx, which is a pretty much a fraternity that celebrates which celebrates leather. And we're here to talk about it with him to kind of give us a good rundown when it comes to the black gay community and how we approach fetishes. And how, well, there's a place where you can actually join other friends that does the same thing. They enjoy it. Stay tuned. All right, this is Chris with Brother Speak Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And I have a guest today uh, by the name of Mufasa. Mufasa is actually part of an organization and actually one of the founders, original founders of an organization called Onyx. And this is an organization that actually caters to and found and organized by men of color who enjoy the leather lifestyle. Now, this was actually a start in 95 and also provides education, uh, fertilization. It also serves as a bridge for men of color to the greater leather community. Now, that's a lot, of, lot to say there, but definitely Mufasa is going to enlighten us a little bit further on the leather community and fetish in general, if he can. So I would definitely love everyone to welcome Mufasa. How you doing, Mufasa? I'm great tonight. How are you? I'm just doing great, just doing great. And I definitely wanted to have this conversation because I think a lot of people, especially people of color, are a little bit interested, but we just never really discuss leather. We never discuss fetish in general. We never really discuss a lot of sorts of things in terms of the sexual exploration like this. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, I mean, the people of color community, especially the black community, is usually very conservative around talking about uh, uh, the leather community or sexual issues, um, whereas we need to talk about that as a community, but very often we don't. Is there a particular reason why, first off? I think it's it's our conservatism coming out of the black church um, and the community, because we know that all of this exists in the community, but... We, uh, I think, to show good faith to the public and to um, that we are not the uh, freaks, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and because uh, African, you know, African, the diaspora is very. I mean, our movements, our body movements, and uh, the way we, we dance are very, very erotic and sexual, right. and. To the general uh, community, that often is seen as, uh, you know, as obscene. And I think in order to normalize um, our, within our culture, I think that that's why it, the talk of it kind of went underground, um, because we were trying to fit in somewhat. Uh, but, you know, I mean, twerking didn't just start in America. I mean, it's comes from Native African dance. Ah, so, wow. okay. uh, I mean, because the hips were glorified. And so often women who were courting would dance and ritual dances and show their hips and move their hips and their backside, which was, you know, their bare childbearing and, and all of that. And so, no, it didn't start 
here or in the south. It started in Africa. Wow. <laughs> I, okay, okay. This is I'm, I'm a little deeper. All right. It's working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody gave it gave it a name, or a different name, and then uh, yeah, it didn't start here. Well, <laughs> well, let me ask you in terms of how did you originally start exploring yourself especially uh, sexually when it came down to leather or anything in general uh what kind of got you into this lifestyle well i think initially it was the draw of the um eroticism of the of the clothing of the dress of the look of it um and different i started buying different accessories and things of that nature and going down that road and growing up in Jersey and New York City, uh, you know, didn't, well, helped that because there was easy access to, in, in the 80s, in the 70s, I would say, um, when I came of age, it was easy access to um, places and bars and clubs, more or less, that you could see certain things and experience certain things and uh, the bathhouses and a number of different types of things and a number of types of uh, publications that were on the newsstand and things of that nature um, were all kind of accessible. So I think I started, you know, um, in that way, in that way, and then as I understood or learned that there was a community around this, but not many blacks in the Quebec community, I kind of ended up meeting um, a buddy um, who started to explore with me. Interesting. And we started to travel, and uh, we started to travel, and we started to um, experience, he had experienced the community before I had, and uh, we started to travel together and go to different events and those types of things and met some other uh, men of color, black men who were in the community uh, who had just started a club in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, oh, you know, so there is this club fraternal um, orders, uh, you know, fraternal clubs and things and they do things in the community and as such, we looked for one to join in Chicago, and they were pretty much all white. Oh, okay. Um, and that's kind of the experience that most men of color get when they walk into a leather bar. Basically, they look around, and they don't see themselves. Right, They right. see pretty much all white, and if there is another black person in the room, they may be partnered with a white person and not want to talk to you. Ooh. Um, and that is an experience that, you know, I don't want your husband or I don't want your boyfriend, you know, <laughs> as much. Um, but, it, you know, that is the experience. It has been the experience and can still be the experience because we just don't hang out there. Gotcha. I mean, in D.C., it's less of an experience um, because they do hang out in the bar, in the, in the leather bars there, but in many other places, in many other cities, that's not the experience when you just go in on a random night. Uh, and if you don't see people who look like you, you don't think that they exist in gotcha. the community because the community itself is very, um, you wouldn't know it existed until somebody introduced it to you. Right, right. That is true. That and is true. So if you're, you're taken to a party or you're taken to a place, a bar or a function, or you're taken to a conference, then you say, oh, 
there are people like me, but there are also there are there are many people who have the fetishes that I do. Right. I'm not the only freak in the world. Right. Um, and now you know there are also other people that look like me. True. So maybe not live. They don't live near me, but they're you know that's what the conferences are for to bring people together from across the United States and from different places um, to uh, hang out and party and share fetishes and share likeness. Right, right. Um, So when we were going to these functions or going to places, I had an idea, so well, if we don't want to join another club, why don't we form a club of our own? Okay, okay. And I particularly um, was concerned with people of color, with men of color. Wow. And what we saw happening in the Detroit club, and that was just a general club that was founded in Detroit um, by three black men, um, they started to get outvoted. <laughs> really? <laughs> because it's, because it's, the club's a democracy. Right. And so there were more, end up more uh, white people joining the club than other black people. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so in things that they wanted to do or maybe thought that they wanted to do, they would start to get outvoted. And so we looked at our, I said, well, I was introduced to four other gentlemen. Well, my friend introduced me to three other gentlemen who um, were in the community but had never joined another club, and they were they were men of color. Um, they were black men. And I put forth this idea that what about doing a club for men of color, not just black men, but men of color. And um, because I saw a sense of people even outside of Chicago who wanted to belong to something and gotcha. network. And of course, this is before computers. This is in 95, 94. It's 94, and we sat down the year of 95. So um, we sat down a full year and planned the organization. Um, so I was the organizer and then brought them in as the first board, and I was the first president um, of the organization. Now, three of them had, had well, two of them had white partners. Gotcha. So the, the question on the table, of course, was, well, how do you feel about a, an organization, forming an organization where your partners can't be full members, full voting members. They can be members, associates, but we admit anyone, female, male, any, you know, any race as an associate, um, but they do not have voting rights. Only men of color have full voting rights. And how is that generally accepted? Um, we just tell them that that's how it is. Everyone can be. <laughs> we sat down for a year. Uh, we don't, we didn't want to discriminate right. against anyone. So we sat down for a year and, um, reviewed the bylaws of some other clubs in Chicago, friends, Asians and friends, um, Amigos Latinos, uh, so they're not leather clubs, but they're just, they're ethnic clubs. Okay. Okay. Um, organization. Um, and we're like, well, um, you know, a woman's organization would be a woman's organization. I mean, they might admit men as associates of supporters of the organization, but I mean, you don't want men running a woman's organization. 
Right, right. You know, um, and so this is a people of color organization, and I always joke and say that, you know, if we wanted fried chicken at the party or if we wanted old school dance music at the party, we would be able to vote that in. <laughs> we would be able to get that vote. Yes, we would have baked chicken too, but <laughs> we, would be able to, we would be able to, you know, we would be able to vote that through. Um, and they said that, uh, you know, this was about them. Right. And that their partners were welcome to have everything except a business meeting where we're talking about finances. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the finances of the organization, but they're welcome to everything else. They can attend the meeting. They just need to step out when we're talking about that subject and they can step back in if they want to. Gotcha. Um, but so that we have membership levels for everyone. Everyone can be a member. But because we need to focus on the... Uh, the needs of men of color, because we are, we feel that we bridge the gap gotcha. to the general leather community, which is still a very um, white-oriented community, um, as is the gay community in the United States. Well, let me let me um, talk about that for a minute. I mean, it, when it comes sure. to when it comes to a black person who's just simply coming yeah. into this 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 feeling that he's having, he or he or she in the particular, but we're talking about men right now. And that he's right. having, and he says, you know what, the feel of leather is something that I've never uh, experienced. And I, and I got to, you know, put in my own personal experience, I never really quite had that until I dated myself a white man who introduced yeah. it to me. And uh-huh. I never knew the, the feeling of leather myself. Not to say that I'm really that hardcore into it, but I did feel different it was something of an explanation of an exploration that i myself never ventured into until it was introduced to the white community do you find that to be the experience of many uh, african-american males within the leather community that they were really introduced to it by someone white or white counterpart who actually introduced it to them not as of late not we've been around for 20 years so a lot of the newer entrance into the community have been introduced to it by other friends through uh, who are in Onyx or associated with Onyx or um, elsewhere. But I would say that even myself, I wasn't introduced, I was introduced to it by another um, man of color, another the friend that was one of the board members. Gotcha. Um, but knowing that it was a generally white community. Uh-huh. Because I particularly cared to play with and date men of color, more or less, or only, um, you know, that wasn't a a uh, that wasn't something for me. Right, right, right. Um, so it was, you know, we don't particularly care who you date or who introduced you to the community, but there are issues that will not be put on the table by that community more more so often because such as. Um, you know, uh, how do you play with black skin or how do you, um, you know, what are the issues, cultural issues that we bring with us into um, the leather community? Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to find out more information about our guest, Mufasa and his organization, Onyx, you can check out onyxmidwest.com. Again, O N Y. 
xmidwest.com. And also, if you want to send a little something over to me, if you want to send a particular topic that you want to discuss, go right ahead. Just email brotherspeak at gmail.com. That is, again, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and back to our podcast. And so... So, for me, it didn't happen that way, but I know for others, it did, um, who came into the community in the 70s and the 80s, um, and I came into the community in the late, let's say mid-80s, late 80s, Um, and so, you know, surrounding us, um, you know, and, and us starting to find other men of color at these events, at the national events, and saying, hey, um, you know, we've, you know, we want to be connected to you. And of course we were connected by snail mail (laughs) (laughs) and we're showing up at these events, international weather, mid-Atlantic weather, um, conference in DC, uh, Mr. Drummer contest in San Francisco during Folsom fair. Um, so there were large events where people would show up to hoping to run into other people. And, what we wanted to create and what I wanted to create was a network gotcha. of people gotcha. so that we could travel together um, so you could meet up with someone in when you get to D.C. or you could meet up with someone in the community and have a drink or or play or whatever in Atlanta or wherever you're going. Okay. Um, and the, you know, and so, and also leather itself, the term leather is a catch-all for the community, for the leather fetish community, for the GBLT leather or fetish community. It's been deemed the leather community. So you don't have to necessarily wear leather to be in the community. Okay, what does that mean? Um, I mean, so if I'm not necessarily... There there are other other fetishes. There are uniform fetishes. Some people just like to wear uniforms. Okay. Police uniforms construction uniforms or whatever and they never wear leather okay leather itself um the gear fetish is a big fetish now neoprene um athletic gear soccer gear um basketball gear uh so it's athletic gear more or less it's uh neoprene and and late there's then there's latex okay rubber so there's that's a whole nother uh facet of the community um who pretty much may never wear leather. There's the, uh, there's also the Levi. Um, Levi's? Yeah, who like to wear jeans. They just wear jeans and boots. Wow. And their and and t-shirts and maybe a, maybe a club vest if they belong to a leather club or, you know, or a leather vest. So there's the Levi, Levi folks. Um, so they all come together to form this community we call the leather community. Wow. Because, this is... it's because, because the, the, the idea of wearing leather is that it's a fetish. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, is there truly a difference? Because kinda, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Is there truly a difference between how the black community actually takes on their these fetishes versus how the white community community does it, or there's really much not much of a difference. Can you ask that again? I'm when, sorry. when it comes to leather and how the community actually treats leather, or, or just fetish in general, are there are there is there much of a difference between the white community and the black community in terms of how these fetishes 
um, are really interacted? Um, no, but the, the black community doesn't talk, the general black community doesn't talk about it as much as we talked about. Yeah. So I can find playmates on an app who do not identify with the leather community at all or choose not to be in the leather community but have um, fetishes that they don't mind sharing or having you play with them around but they're okay. not a formal member of the community. Gotcha, gotcha. And they may not be because they don't want to be out or in the community or they don't want to be or that's just not their thing. Interesting. Just like some people just don't go to clubs. Right, you know, right, right. They, you know, or don't go to bars. They're not part, they don't consider themselves, especially a number of people in the black leather, black community, black gay community. Yeah. You know, you know they're gay and they only sleep with men, and but they're not out in the bars or they're not out, you know, um, at events and things of that nature that are gay events. Right. Right, right, right. So, okay, so, this is actually interesting because, I, again, you're educating me in the process because I had, <laughs> I had to really sit back and say, well, what is actually a fetish? And I, I really had to look at the meaning just to be sure that my thoughts were in the right, right wavelength here. Uh, just by looking at that, and it, 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 it is kind of explaining the fact that just a fetish in general is more about a, is more of a link with within more like an abnormal degree of a particular object to an item or clothing or body part or part of a body so which I, okay so can you go into that a little bit in terms of yeah. body parts so, so if you look at the leather if you look at the the uh, leather garments that that a number of the people in the leather community wear they're, they're fashioned from they come iteration of motorcycle garments okay um, because that's where the leather community started folks came back from World War two um, and they formed motorcycle clubs for camaraderie and they started riding um, out into the into the field you know into the mountains or whatever to play and to be alone and have sex or whatever um, and that's where the backpatch clubs come from. That's where they they come from, and so the chaps that people wear, the assless chaps, um, uh, the harnesses that people wear. I mean, it it basically focuses in on a body part huh. <laughs> that you want to show off, or that you want admired, or that you want um, someone else to admire. So the harnesses show off your chest. Gotcha. The, um, the assless chaps show off your ass okay. and your crotch because you're wearing a jock. Okay. Um, there's also you know, people who are into jocks, of course, and underwear. And so that is a fetish. Um, the mirror caps or the caps of the master's caps delineate a position in the community, more or less, um, because you have all these relationships, level relationships gotcha. in the community. Uh, doms and masters and subs and boys um, and slaves and um, you know so you have all of those and so the 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 fetish is around a body part that you can now ask for to have played with 
huh. find someone who speaks the same language yes. because you can uh, be into bondage and have someone do that safely with you and take you to a, another headspace, but be, um, but they're obligated to bring you back. Now, so you can let your, you can let yourself go. Um, if you want your feet played with, or if you want to do a particular thing in the community, you should, you can be, you're able to find other people that are into that same thing to receive or give that fetish play. Wow. And it doesn't always have to be sexual. You know, I, now I, I, I want to kind of go back a little bit. Cause you touched on something I actually did want to kind of go a little, little bit. When you talked about slavery or when you talked about, uh, yeah. you know, you, okay, now that has got to be somewhat of a sensitive subject for black people in this. Um, it is. It is. The, the model of the community is that, you know, this may be for you, but not for me, and that's okay, but I respect your choice. Gotcha. And the, the master-slave relationship is, just, is a relationship that is not for everybody. Okay. Um, but it is also one where one gives of themselves willingly to their master and trusts their master. Gotcha. And they live with them, or they maybe they don't live with them. Maybe they maybe they help them with different things. But that is a distinct a distinct um, relationship. Gotcha. I don't choose that relationship. I have boys and I have sons. Gotcha. Um, I've leather I've leather boys. I've leather sons. Um, uh, I don't choose the master slave relationship because that's just not me twenty four seven. Right. And so that usually is a twenty four seven relationship. Twenty four seven. Wow. Yes. Um, so you know, I have uh, white friends that are in that type of relationship, and you know, it works for them. Wow. Um, there are some black friends. I don't know if I have black friends. I have some black and white friends that are in a master-slave relationship, but I don't. I a master-slave black couple. I'm sure it exists. I'm trying to think of one, to think of one that I know, but um, most end up being dominants um, or daddies uh, and have subs and boys um, that are in they're in relationship with, and they may or may not be. In a uh, love relationship, well, it is a love relationship, but they may not be in a um, partnership relationship with that individual. You know, um, I, that to me doesn't sound that surprising, considering the fact that I would I would believe that I've only come across that when it comes to or seen that within more so the white community, if they would like to be considered to be a master or a slave to someone. Now, but the thing about it is also. Is it possible? And I was just talking with my friends uh, not that long ago when it came down to this topic. Is it possible that a fetish could be considered to be a white man adoring a black man of color? Is that considered to be a fetish or a preference? It is. Uh, one can be. We choose. We combat. We stand against the fetish, fetishization of a person. Why? Um and we feel that if you only want to be with me because I'm a black man, that that's not, that's not cool. Okay. Um, that, so that is that, that, and, and that you don't care about me. Gotcha. So that's, that's the, that's the crux, that you gotcha. care about my body parts. 
Gotcha. Or, or that idea of that versus who I am. Gotcha. So it's got to be... So basically, are you indicating that it has to be very much so a trusting and caring relationship? Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Um, so that is not, you know, so there are a number of white and black couples in, in, you know, in the leather community, but, you know, they understand who I am, they understand who we are as a people, and they understand our issue, not just, I want you as a piece of me. Gotcha. Okay. Now, uh, for, that pur- for that purpose, I mean, of course, people have sex and people, you know, uh, yes, you may be a piece of meat to somebody, but when you actively fetishize them, you know, that's what we, we combat, that's what we try to combat in the community and not, um, for, that not to ha- for that not to happen. Gotcha. Um, but the, um, when we do our pledge lines, in the pledge manual, I believe there are like, I think there's like six pages of fetishes. <laughs> six pages of, wait a minute. Okay, can you give me an idea of the number of fetishes that people truly have? That varies. Is there like, I'd like say there's like uh, 50 or 100. I mean, is there? No, not necessarily. Because of that subset of those six pages, somebody may have only a small subset of different things. I mean, different people are into different things. And so what you're looking for is someone to match up with what you are looking for at any given point in in time. Because people grow into new things. Um, They they add other things to their... to their fetish list of what they will do and so it's an exploratory process in the pledge process because all of these is an education process how big so is like, how big is your membership how big is this organization um i would say i would say we have about over 200 full-time brothers and then oh i would say we have between 200 and 300 uh, brothers and associates gotcha um uh nationwide Nice. Um, and in Canada and in Germany, I believe. Okay. Um, and so uh, we, you know, people, we understand we're an organization. People come, people go. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> that, and that happens. That happens. It's a volunteer organization. Right. Um, yeah, and we know how minority organizations <sighs> they tend to implode. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We have a history of that, and the the fact that we're still around twenty one years later. It does I speak. Don't that the leather, I don't think that the leather community believes that we would be around that long. Um, and other people of color clubs uh, that have started are not around that long. Have, I'm not around anymore. Gotcha. Um, that we that we understand that. Even though people come and people go, we still need to um, be viable. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. One of the things that we do, of course, is that we give the Lubbock community is a big fundraising community. Okay. All right. And they raise funds for a number of different charities. Um, the Leather Archives and Museum that's headquartered here in Chicago. Uh, the Carter Johnson uh, Traveling Museum, which is run by two black women. Um, they give to uh, youth 
LGBT youth organizations. Nice. They give to a number of different organizations. It's a big charitable giving um, or, uh, community. But when I founded the organization, I'm like, well, who's giving to the people of color HIV organizations? Nice. They were nice. giving to the general organizations, but who's giving to these organizations? Okay, okay. You know, um, and since we have a connection because we're men of color, well, let's start giving our charitable organization, our charitable contributions and things to those organizations. Gotcha, gotcha. So that we make sure that we support people of color organizations in the LGBT community, as well as the leather organizations that, that speak to us right. within the community. Right. Um, and so the fetish play is an extension of bringing us together um, as well as the competition circuit, because we do have our own Miss America. <laughs> really? Oh, uh, yeah. you got hold on, stop. You got to explain that a little bit deeper there. So in this, <laughs> we have our own. There is a whole. There are national leather titles. Okay. Um, that are held. There are different circuits. Okay. Uh, and there are local titles, local bar titles, local organization titles that feed into these other titles. There are regional titles that feed into them. Uh, International Mr. Leather is the, I guess, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. And it's held here in Chicago on Memorial Day weekend. Uh-huh. Um, it's its 39th year. Wow. Yeah. It's its 39th year. Wow. Um, over 15,000 people are in town for it. Okay. Um, then you have, um, I was just a judge at the... Um, no, Drummer North America contest. Drummer was a magazine, a fetish magazine, in the 60s and 70s. Okay. Uh, well, 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. And um, they formed a contest. Um, and it's changed hands a few times, but it's back. And it's a national con- national fetish contest um, for, uh, they elect a international, um, the Drummer North America and a Drummer Boy North America and a drummer boot black. Interesting. Um, boot blacking is a also a fetish. Um, those that love the feel of boots, uh, the feel of leather um, on their hands. Yes. And they care. They uh, take care of our leathers when we're at events, um, and they shine boots and do and and, and do leather pants and other things and will take care of and condition things for you when you're there because of their fetish for it. Right, right. But there's also a recognition that they are vital to the community and there are different titles for them as well. Um, you have international, on the women's side, you have international Ms. Leather, which is coming up in April in California. Wow. Um, you also have um, all of the titles that feed into International Mr. Leather. Um, in Fort Lauderdale, you have Mr. Ramrod, yeah. um, yep. who represents the bar there, but also goes to International Mr. Leather. Um, so you have all these titles. They're usually about 55 to 60 contestants each year at International Mr. Leather. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, then you have uh, International Leather Sir, which is another contest, uh, International Leather Boy, International... Uh, leather community boot black that's held in Dallas um, and all of these title holders help raise monies at the bars 
that they represent or the organizations that they represent, again, for fundraising. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to find out more information about our guest, Mufasa, and his organization, Onyx, you can check out onyxmidwest.com. Again, O-N-Y-X-M-I-D-W-E-S-T.com. And also, if you want to send a little something over to me, if you want to send a particular topic that you want to discuss, go right ahead. Just email brotherspeak at gmail.com. That is, again, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and back to our podcast. And for, uh, for, the, for the community. So they're community servants, actually. Wow. Um, they serve the community. They serve the bar um, that, they, that they hold the title for. Gotcha. For that year. Um, so there's that whole title circuit that also feeds into um, us gathering at different events and different places. Um, so you have that. But, you know, I can go on any app and find other black men in the community, um, in the general community, that like to be spanked. Now, they don't, may not say it up front. Some do now. <laughs> I was going to say, like, wait a minute now, you know. <laughs> Some people do now more often than they used to, but they're kind of feeling you out and whatever, and if you're having sex or whatever, you kind of just start to kind of spank them or whatever, and they're like, more and more or, you know, whatever. That's a fetish. Yes. They may yes. not speak it, but when you enter into the community, you're allowed to speak that. You're yeah. allowed to say, yes, I'm into spanking. Yes, I'd like to be spanked. Yes, you know, I would like you to do it. You're a little more free to <laughs> you know. say it and willingly because everyone has some sort of a fetish themselves. So it, gets, it provides a comfort community. Right. Gotcha. Right, exactly. So um, I teach um, impact play. And I, my, my main fetish is flogging, is impact play, which is striking the body in many different ways. So okay. I use my hands. I use my hands. I use paddles. I use uh, floggers. I use uh, single tail whips. I use um, uh, slappers. Um, so I use a variety. I use massage balls. So I, I there's a variety of things that I can use to take you on a journey yeah. um, of feeling um, in that way from that, that particular fetish. Some people are just into spanking. Some people are just into flogging. Some people are into water sports. Some people are into fisting. Some people are into ass play. Some people are into... Um, just having sex in leather or having sex in rubber, having sex in a particular garment that, they, uh, that they're wearing. Um, some people are into the, a variety of things, cock and ball torture, um, nipple play, um, pumping. Uh, uh, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, I've always thought of these things as a white thing. I really have. I really have. I thought of all, there are a few things that you mentioned. For instance, uh, water sports. Now, yeah. I, okay, let, let me just ask a few questions in that. Do you see a lot of African Americans who love water sports? Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. And, and you, again, you, you fall into it. Now, d- d- just so for those who don't know what water sports are, can you explain that a little bit? It's um, piss play. 
basically. So basically display, uh, either receiving it or being pissed on or being the pisser or, or receiving the piss. Um, some people like to drink it. Some people, it's sterile. So once you get over that hump, <laughs> um, because of course it's been demonized in right. the black community, of course, as being um, nasty or whatever. Yes. But it's actually sterile because um, it comes through your kidneys. Right. Um, and so it's just, uh, or the, well, you know, based on what you've been drinking, beer or water or whatever, it's going to be stronger or less strong. And that's kind of, I guess, more with the, with the fetish based upon what you've been drinking. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, there are people at events that line up in the bathroom to receive it. Um, wow. <laughs> you know, wow. But, but I do see it in the black community. But again, if, you, if you're with somebody and you're just like fooling around, having sex or whatever like that, and then they're like, well, will you piss on me? Wow. Uh, and of course, that just kind of comes out of the blue because you haven't talked about it yeah, as yeah. being something that they're into. But a lot of these things, and that's what we're discovering, <laughs> and that's what we have discovered over the last 20 years, that these things do exist in the community. It's just that people um, did not talk about it. And um, they, may not, they may or may not become members of Onyx, but we don't need them to. We need to just make sure that the education is available. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of the age bracket that you are normally receiving new memberships, are you seeing uh, millenniums come out? Are you seeing uh, Generation yeah. X? Are you seeing different generations begin yeah. to... You are. Yeah. At first, it was an older group. Yeah. Um, I would say people entering in their uh, 40s, late 30s, 40s, um, you know, and 50s. Um, and now we've seen a much younger group um, oh. come because the internet has been our, our best friend. Yes. Because now they can find us. Really? And, okay. Um, if they can find our website, they can find our, our, you know, our groups, they can find our events because they are publicized. Yes. Um, and they can also just ask questions. Gotcha. gotcha. Any of the members. Um, and so we found, I think our youngest member, I think I know someone was online. I can't remember in which chapter, but I know someone who joined, uh, was 21 or 22. Wow. Wow. And that was a very big shift. That um, is. From a few, you know, a number of years ago. But we have members who are age 21, 22, all the way up to, I think our oldest member is 70 something. Okay, okay. So, um, and so we have members in all of that. And I believe that the, I know the line, the current line in our mid Atlantic chapter in DC. Um, is a younger line, mostly in their 20s, and I think there are uh, two, two or three people in their late 30s, early 40s. Whoa, so that's a big um, shift there. Okay, well, yes. well, let me ask you this. What it's percentage of the people would you say are of between the ages of 20 to early 30s? I would say it's still a lower percentage. Okay. Okay. But we are getting more and more of those, more and more of those individuals entering. 
Um, but I, I would say it's a lower percentage. I don't know what the percentage would be in looking at the different chapters. I would say even looking at the Chicago chapter, I would say it's probably only, oh, in the Chicago chapter, probably only maybe 10%. Okay. Okay. But still yet, it's been, you've seen it grow through the years and you've yeah. definitely, okay. This is actually interesting. Yeah. How many locations and how many chapters would you say you have nationwide? We have six chapters nationwide okay. right now. Okay. Um, Northeast, in order of uh, in order of the uh, Chicago is the mother chapter. Uh, it's the founding chapter. Okay. Chicago Midwest. Right. Um, then you have Atlanta Southeast, which is the next chapter. Um, then New York Northeast. Um, okay. New York City Northeast. Uh, right. The next was the next chapter. Then DC Mid Atlantic gotcha. region. Okay. Is the next, was the next. Then we jump to um, SoCal, Southern California, uh, Southwest. Southern and California, okay. Next chapter, okay. Uh, headquartered in LA, but reaching out to Palm Springs and uh, and uh, San Diego. Okay, now, um, now I am kind of curious. When it, so basically, right now you. Uh, most of the people who started these locations, started these chapters, did they mostly derive from and came directly from the Chicago area to start these locations, or you, they just happened to be people who came to one of your events and just said, you know what, I'm motivated enough to actually start something in my location? Both and. Um, because I believe one of the, the New York, uh, one of my sons started was one of the founders in actually all three of those locations, one of my other sons okay. um, in New York, D.C., and Atlanta, and organized other people, um, and they were associate members. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And they wanted to say, well, we have a bunch of people here who really kind of want to do work here in our own location, and how do we, how can we form chapters? How can we, you know, be our own entity yes um here where we are and it took us a little while to figure that out <laughs> yeah. how to get that done but um we did get it done and uh mid great lakes is the newest chapter um headquartered in cleveland and detroit um and that was a because of distance that was a split off of the midwest chapter um because they're just like five hours away, which makes it a little difficult for them to get here for different things often, which is headquartered in Chicago. Okay. Um, and so they're only three hours from each other or two and a half hours from each other in Detroit and Cleveland. And we were working with bars in both places and so, and have members in both places. So they have just launched. Okay. Um, okay. We have chapters of interest in Dallas, Houston area, and in um, Seattle area, Seattle. Northern California area, okay, and now South Florida. Well, well, wait a minute now. Now you said South Florida. That's my home. Well, so where exactly is it starting in uh, South Florida? In the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, the first event is March sixteenth. Okay. I think March seventeenth. Okay. March seventeenth and eighteenth. Okay. Um, which is the South Florida Rubber Weekend. Okay, okay, um, yes. And there will be, uh, there is a uh, group, a Facebook invitation up 
with the Onyx events that'll be happening during that weekend. Okay. Um, there'll be a trip to Hallover Beach. There'll be so people can meet each other, and there'll be two dinners: one on Friday night and one on Saturday night. And uh, there's a fetish brunch on Sunday, um, and so that people can get familiar with each other. Uh, we have a member of the Midwest who's moved there. We have um, an associate from D.C. who's moved there, and we have a brother from the Southeast chapter who used to live in Tampa area who's moved to Fort Lauderdale. And we also have one of the found one of the founding board members who's relocated there from D.C. Ah. And so there are a there's a good uh, there's a good bunch of people there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. They want to explore what the uh, possibility is of, of, and what the interest is of people there. Okay. In the learning more about Onyx and as such, and it's um, South Florida Onyx Invasion is the invite on um, on Facebook, and anybody can get information um, by uh, going to uh, Onyx. I think it's the email address is Onyx. O N Y X S S invasion at yahoo.com. Oh, right. at yahoo.com or at gmail.com. I think it's yahoo.com. Okay. Oh, no, definitely. I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely towards the end of this interview. I want to make sure that uh, I'm going to provide the information myself um, when Great. it comes to some, um, make sure I provide the website and also find what I can on the Facebook. So to make sure some of the people who are listening who do have an interest in whatever type of fetish, whatever it be, leather, so they can be able to explore your group because it is important to have some sort of an outlet and a place of comfort and also developing trust. If you've been around for 20 years, that does show a, that shows a lot of commitment, but also shows a lot of trustworthiness. And it does sound like something that I think a lot of people are going to appreciate, you know, so. And, yes, and, and go ahead, I'm sorry. No, and by, no, I was going to actually extend an invitation also because we plan on having an event uh, called Chocolate Freaks that actually explores the uh, sexual exploration in terms oh, of. great. Uh, an event, so I'm going to give you more information about that too, to see exactly right. we would love to invite Onyx to that event, and see exactly, to kind of give people a different option, a different look and get educated on what are things that are available out there for them so, who, what right. they are is not strange at all, so I definitely want to, I'll definitely talk to you a little further off the air on that, so I do uh, this sounds like actually uh, now the first thing, I gotta, I gotta say that one thought that did come to my mind I said, you know what, wait a minute like, if I'm a person who loves Harley Davidson bikes, usually what I statistically it shows, most of those people are very, very high professionals. They get paid very well, but they love getting on a motorcycle and just going out there and really just driving their Harley. Is that the same situation? Because you speak very well. You sound very intelligent. And I'm thinking to myself, are these pretty much high-income uh, this, you know, high-income people who just happen to be gay, but also they just they just want to go out there and explore a different aspect of themselves. Would you kind of put them in the same category or no? I think it runs the gamut. I mean, I think you have um, you have those of us who have done college and grad school. Um, you have ministers and you have uh, professionals, um, as well as those that didn't matriculate in college, um, but are interested in the community or they work in the community or they work, you know, they have jobs. 
10 lives. And so I think you, the leather community, I believe, you know, did have a lot of that. The general leather community um, did have a lot of bankers and, and still does, lawyers and people who did have um, a lot of money <laughs> to uh, spend leather and, and leather uh, clothing can be expensive. Yeah, I um, heard that. <laughs> We're talking about jackets that can be upwards to seven hundred dollars. Is that correct? Yes, yes, and chaps can be three, two to three hundred, and uh, leather shirts can be two hundred and fifty, and things of that nature. Because we have formal leathers, and then we just have other leathers. Um, and depends what type of events you're going to. And as a number of the younger people started coming into the community, overall. The gear fetish, which came from Europe, yeah, oh. um, basically um, soccer gear was the first thing um, because you know how big Europeans are into soccer. Um, not so much here, but that's kind of how the gear fetish entered into um, the United States um, uh, because okay. the younger folks did not have as much money. Yes. I mean, they didn't have their careers weren't as solidified right, as right. some of the older people in the in the community. Um, and showing people how they can uh, pass down leather and how they can go to leather swap meets and get things and how they can, you know, folks get stuff made out of the country and sent into the country. And so there's a number of different ways that people can outfit themselves. But the thing is, is to find something that works for you right, right. and go with it. It's okay, um, okay. You know, because somebody can look wonderful in... The only thing that we require when you join Onyx is that you have a pair of black leather boots and a bar vest, a black vest, a leather vest. Okay. To wear our, to wear our colors on. So, just um, to make sure now, for those who are on the leather budget... <laughs> Where would you recommend you tell them to go to swap meets? Where would you just go online or Facebook? Where would you, there are, eBay? There are places, <laughs> there are places online, on eBay. Um, the thing is, with men of color, though, is you have to worry about the fit. Oh, gotcha. All right, all right. <laughs> so when, whenever um, big events come to town um, and there are at least there are vendors there, and actually there's a, Okay, uh, of course, yeah, there's leather stores, they are, they are. Leather Works or Leather Masters? Yeah, leather, leather yeah, I think it relates to Leather Works, yes, that's one of them, I believe, Leather Masters. Yeah. I haven't heard about them, but, but I'm sure it's right. there. So the thing is, is, is to go in and try things on. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and see what kind of patterns they're working with. Are they working with patterns that usually fit Caucasian men, or are they working with something that will fit Yes. And understanding that everything is not made for us. God, uh, and understanding yeah. that I can then recommend to you where to look. <laughs> things that you're interested in, um, who would make it, um, who, what prices, and what you see, and those types of things based upon what you're interested in. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, look at a, I may look at a harness, and it may be $250 or whatever. Or okay. Something. But I have a, we have a brother here who's a leather maker in Chicago who can make me something like that for 
$100. Nice. Okay. All and right. So, now, okay. <laughs> um, people have their own designers or people have people that they go to. Um, you know, you don't have to always buy it off the rack. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then the thing is, because um, you can go to thrift stores and find boots and combat boots and, you know, those types of things. And so there's a number of different places that people can gather things from. And that's also part of the education um, of our orientation. Um, to pledges is that you know it's not always about shelling out four hundred dollars you know off the rack. If you can do that, you can, that's fine. But if you don't want to do that, there are other ways of getting and obtaining clothing and obtaining things um, in the community. Yeah. And so, and again, you may not be one that wants the le- the leather. Right. You may right. Be one that's just into. Um, being half naked all the time. And you know what? I'm pretty um, sure that works, and it's straps, free. Jock <laughs> yeah, straps and, and uh, you know, uh, other things that are ass out. And going to the conferences gives you the ability to wear those things. Well, as well that's as for sure. events and bars, um, those types of things. Because, you know, and it's becoming more fashion-oriented, you know, orientated in, in the general uh, fashion um, of underwear and of things that are more fetish related okay. um, as of late so it's kind of uh, crossing over in different ways Okay, I, uh, apparently it's opening up a lot more I, I, but let me ask you this you know when it comes to kind of documentaries any type of documentaries that kind of shows uh, I'm sure there's a lot of leather uh, documentaries and stuff more about the white community, but is there any particular documentaries out there or film or something that people can be able to watch that explores leather or other fetishes within different cultures? Any Anything out there that... No, no. Really? Not that I know of. Um, and that's been our, you know, that's been our, uh, that's been our task to make that education known. Um, in the in the movie Kinky Kink Crusaders, uh, it's a documentary that's available on I believe on Amazon now. Um, it's called Kink Crusaders, and it was released uh, a few years ago. Okay. Um, and we are featured in the we have a, a, a segment in the audience uh, has a segment in the uh, documentary because at International Mr. Leather I started a. Um, People of Color Leather Caucus. Really? Which okay. Basically, uh, which is basically a forum um, during the uh, weekend for people of color to come together and meet each other um, and hang out and talk on a topic um, of interest to people of color in the community, in the leather community, and also to see demos, leather demos, done by people of color with other people of color. Wow. This is actually interesting. And so, and so in that documentary, we are, they came by um, and filmed us while I was teaching. Um, I think I was teaching leather relationships or something. And while we were talking about different subjects and um, they asked why it was important, you know, for us to be there and for us to express ourselves and those types of things. And so we often use that as a teaching tool um, uh, that segment from the movie um, to say, you know, we believe in education. We have a national teaching initiative called Onyx Teach, 
um, T-E-A-C-H. What Onyx teach, um, each chapter holds uh, an education, uh, education classes around different uh, aspects of fetish um, for our, our, for our, for men of color. Oh, and wow. now we're attracting um, other men of color, Latinos, Native American, uh, some uh, Middle Easters, um, to our organization. Because we do are men of color, but it took a while for other people to, <clears throat> you know, to say we're just not a black organization. Yeah, yeah. Even though yeah. we've never said that. Um, but that's what they saw. Oh, well, yeah. You know, as the people who were, who were stepping up and stepping out. Gotcha. Um, within the community, but um, it's a it's a journey, and we ask you all. We ask is that you trust the journey, and if you want to enter into the journey, um, you may you know this may not be for you later on. It's a fraternity. I mean, you know, basically, um, it may not be for you to be active later on. But right now, you've accepted to be on this journey. Yes, yes. And um, wherever you start, some people start with zero experience, and other people start with um, a, a lot of experience in the community. Okay. Um, and we don't worry about where you are on the journey, but that you've accepted, you know, to, to enter into the journey now, and trust the journey. Now, I am going to ask you one last question because... And of course, it makes total sense to ask this in terms of transgender. Now, where is the transgender community fit within Onyx? We accept we have we have a number of transgender brothers okay. in Onyx. Um, we have never excluded them. Okay. Um, Onyx is an organization for um, gay and bi-spirited men of color. Okay. So okay. we do have some men that are married. Um, uh, in Onyx, uh, married to women, um, but they are bi. Okay. okay. Um, and we have never excluded them at all. They are men. Gotcha. Um, as far as we are concerned and as far as they're concerned. And so we have never discriminated against the transgendered community in Onyx. Gotcha. Um, also, when the International Leather Sir competition but uh, was sold and changed hands, and the new owners of the, the new board um, discriminated, decided to discriminate against trans men in entering their contest. Oh, wow. Um, we stood up and uh, wrote a letter gotcha. to their board. Okay. Um, and they then rescinded that gotcha. um, and changed their policy back wow. to uh, gay identified men. Wow, that's actually so, impre that's um, impressive. That's impressive. So yeah, so they've always been a part of us, um, and we we acknowledge that they have a place with us, and uh, they are brothers of Onyx, um, and so that has never been an issue for us. Uh, I don't even know if we really thought about it. <laughs> as really? An issue, wow. Ever. Um, because they came to us and they trusted and they felt welcome and. Gotcha. We said they, they identify as gay or bi, and they're men of color, and they've gone through the process, and, you know, they're, they're members. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, it, it's been a wonderful, I mean, we're getting a lot of recognition. We've been Club of the Year at our Oscars, I guess you want to call it, the 
Pantheon of Leather Awards uh, in 2013 and 2016. Yeah, last year we won, again, a large club of the year. Um, and uh, I was granted a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2015. Wow, um, wow. The work, doing the work in this community. Um, we understand who we are as cultural. We dance, and so we've been known to give the best part dance parties. Oh wow! <laughs> um, we well, that's who we are. Yeah, um, yeah. We we like to dance, and we you know it's like the whole big thing was other men don't dance; they just stand and look, you know, by their motorcycle, or and most of them don't even ride motorcycles these days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they just stand on the wall at the bar and look tough, and they don't dance, but we do. <laughs> and that was one of the things that we introduced to the International Mr. Leather Contest weekend. Uh, we started a dance. Nice. And it was the first dance at that weekend. Um, and it attracts over 1,500 people now. Wow. Each, each year. Wow. Uh, and, you know, and we have been asked now to do dances, sponsor dances at other events um, across the United States. And, wow. other, uh, and so... We have a reputation for that, and it's not, it's, it, we don't, it's not a bad reputation because we enjoy doing it. Wow. <laughs> and we're getting just it. as much out of it because we want to bring the party atmosphere, bring the dance to them. Um, and so the Onyx Dance at IML is one of the largest events um, at IML um, at, at that weekend. Um, we also have a cocktail party that's raised $8,000 this year wow. for charity in D.C. at Wonderful. the Atlantic Leather Weekend. Wonderful. Uh, the gear show and auction, um, and uh, where they auction the garments right off of the individuals on stage. Um, so we are very sex positive. Nice. So very nice. We are, very, we are a sex positive organization in understanding um, that we all are different and we all bring different fetishes and different um, ways that we like to express ourselves to the table. And there is a trust that there is no judgment. Of course, yes. nobody's going to judge it. Okay, but of course, yeah. overall, there is a trust that I can find other people to talk to, talk to this, to learn from, talk to it about it, and things of that nature. Because if I'm flogging someone and I go to a general flogging class, in the community, oftentimes they don't talk about what happens with black skin when you flog it. Ah. Is there a difference? Is there a difference? Well, it needs to, I mean, ashy skin breaks, so you need to have lotion, oh, not yeah. oil. We do get lotion. ashy. No, just kidding. Just... <laughs> right. You need to have lotion to lotion the skin in case it needs it. Gotcha. Um, because I don't, want to, I don't want to break the skin gotcha. when I'm doing gotcha. this. Um, and so, and you teach all of this uh, in your te your courses, correct? Yeah, we teach all this in our classes and things that people. Um, the pup community is a big thing that's happening now. Oh wow, uh, that's in, something. That's, a, that's probably a whole section itself, especially concerning the fact that you guys are now gathering a lot of younger audience now, which is actually growing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the pup community has got to be growing. Uh, amongst the, uh, uh, <laughs> I can I can see it. I can. See, and, and by the way, some of these definitions, a lot of people really don't know. So 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 the only reason I know it is because 
I've happened to, you know, being within the community, you kind of talk a lot to a lot of people, but black people yeah. don't talk about it. It's the white people that talk about that stuff. So it's something that they educated me a little bit in terms of some things that I've never really understood. So you got to go through the terms, the definitions, and all of that information um, on um, on these classes. Do you do everything? Do we do anything online to where people can be able to kind of learn a little bit more just with the click of we, a button? We, we, online but we do have um we point people to resources okay um so if someone wanted to learn more about what a boy is um in the community um or a pup we you know we on you can um our main uh website onyxmen.com um you can go there and you can uh eat you know, email, contact someone who will get back to you about, you know, different resources, books to read. Gotcha. Um, Leather Sex, The Ethical Slut, um, The Leather Man's Handbook. Gotcha. Will, will tell you about the general community, but we then take you on to the cultural side. Wow. Of wow. the community. That's um, awesome. Of, of being a man of color in the community, um, how to maneuver within the community, how to, you know, access each other in the community and those types of things. And so that has been our, our quest to be that bridge for men of color into the general community. Well, Mufasa, as much as they want to be. I got to tell you, I, you have definitely within this hour, you have definitely educated me more on fetishes. If anything, it, it kind of inspired me now to even want to kind of let people to understand that one is not a crazy white thing. It's clearly you've broken that uh, stereotype also, uh, but it's but it's more about simply exploring. It's more about simply everyone not necessarily putting thing put it, don't put yourself in a box. Is basically what I got from this conversation, and it's perfectly okay to just be who you are and be free. And there's a community out there for you. So I do appreciate the work that you're doing. And I definitely want to make sure a lot of people know about it as much as possible. Can you tell me again, what website do people be able to visit you so they can be able to find out more about you again? Onyxmen.com, O-N-Y-X-M-E-N.com is the general site, national site. And all of the clubs, uh, individual sites, are you can find on that site. Okay, awesome. awesome. As well as events, uh, as well as events that are happening um, in the different cities. We have bar nights in each of the cities each month, so people can come out and meet the members and hang out with the members. Uh, I know, I know, it's the first Friday in Atlanta at the Atlanta Eagle, um, DC at the DC Eagle, and the uh, Green Lantern have many various bar nights. Uh, Southern California is located at the Eagle, LA Eagle. Okay. Um, and New York is uh, at Evolve Bar in New York. And so you can find out all of that information on Onyx, uh, at onyxmen.com. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Mufasa. I really appreciate it of uh, you educating me and also the rest of the listeners. And I definitely am going to uh, talk to you about one of the events that we plan on doing down here at the end of May to kind of give people a little bit more of an understanding and a variation of many things and sexual exploration as well as bringing more awareness to the community in many aspects. So I thank you for your work. I thank you for your time. It was a little bit... <laughs> you're definitely a busy guy, that's for sure. But I do appreciate... <laughs> I do, I, we, can have, we, can have a, we can have a 
talk. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's so many other subjects I'm, I plan on bringing to uh, that kind of related to this. I definitely want to bring you on as an expert again. So I hope you don't mind that. Right. You're busy, I but know. if you can find a little time for a little of me, that'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mufasa. And again, this is Onyx. This is the founding member of, one of the founding members of Onyx. And I will be talking to, uh, uh, bringing this to you guys and also giving some more information pertaining to his organization. And it will be on the brotherspeak.com, excuse me, brotherspeakpod.com website. Thank you again, Mufasa. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to find out more information about our guest, Mufasa, and his organization, Onyx, you can check out onyxmidwest.com. Again, O-N-Y-X-M-I-D-W-E-S-T.com. And also, if you want to send a little something over to me, if you want to send a particular topic that you want to discuss, go right ahead. Just email brotherspeak at gmail.com. That is, again, B-R-O-T-H-A-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. 